Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times, uh, both in Northern California. And I have edited and published the website, theweeklydriver.com, since 2004. Uh, my co-host, Bruce Aldrich, is uh, on assignment this week. So I'll be talking today by myself with Colin Emerson. And Colin is uh, the vice president of commercial for Megabus. And we got word a while back that Megabus is uh, back in the Sacramento area with several routes. And so we thought we'd get an update on uh, Megabus uh, and its purpose and how long it's been around and why it's back in the area. So, uh, Colin, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me, James. Really excited to be here. Sure. Well, I think, uh, Colin, a a good place, and I I think this is a a fair statement that um, I'm familiar with Megabus. I've taken Megabus several times from Sacramento area to San Francisco. Uh, For me, the great experiences, obviously very inexpensive. Uh, It ran very efficiently. But I think many people uh, sometimes, uh, I've, I've asked friends, hey, have you ever taken Megabus? And they say, what's that? So perhaps a good launch launching point would be to explain what Megabus is, if you don't mind uh, stepping back in time a little bit. Sure, absolutely. So Megabus is an inner-city bus operator that, that actually got its start in the U.K. Um, I came over to the, the U.S. and Canada in 2008, started with a, a hub, as we called it, in Chicago, um, quickly grew to having hubs in additional hubs in New York, Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta, Texas, and, and California. Um, we pride ourselves as being a, a really good value, safe, reliable, green option for, for people to get around. Um, we want to make it as, as easy as possible. Um, we want to make it as enjoyable as possible. And, you know, we've seen great success, um, throughout the years. There's, there's been some challenges, the, the pandemic being a, a major one, but, you know, we, we have a, a very good product um, and we know there's a, a need for, you know, affordable, safe transportation op- 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 options op- uh, to get folks around. Um, and we're really excited to be, to be back in California, um, certainly the, the Sacramento area um, being somewhere that we've seen really good success in the past. And uh, we're looking forward to a, a busy travel season as, as summer quickly approaches us. Sure. I think um, from my experience, uh, I'm, I'll say it three times. I, and at three times, three different locations, were, uh, the pickup were in three different locations. Um, the service was about, I'm just going to say, within a few minutes of uh, two hours from Sacramento to uh, San Francisco. I think I had three different prices uh, for my ticket uh, because of the, you know, one was a kind of a spur of the moment and the other two were planned, um, you know, pretty far in advance, so the prices were were lower. Uh, the buses were clean, the restroom was clean, uh, and it went very smoothly for, for for me. And so I guess that would be a good transition into um, t- the background is for for consumers that you you go online, you you buy a ticket, and when you get in line, uh, you there's a um, a confirmation that you've purchased a ticket. And you cannot purchase a ticket uh, as you go right up to the bus. You can't do it at the spur of the moment unless that's changed. So it's all very efficient. 
um, with the system. And I think the buses, and please help me along here, 90 some odd passengers, and the schedules are all online. The prices are set, you know, depending upon when you go online. So tell me about that part of the equation. How does a consumer who, let's just say, has never uh, ridden Megabus, how do they approach it? What do they do? Sure. I think the, the best resource out there is our, our website, megabus.com. Um, that's where somebody can come and, and learn, I guess, mainly the, the routes, the cities that we serve, the times, um, the prices. And, and as you mentioned, you know, we use what, what's known as yield management or, or somewhat similar to the, like what you might expect from a airline or a hotel where, as you mentioned, I think you said three, three different trips, three different prices. And what we look at is, is being able to offer, you know, good value when things are a little bit slower. Um, but then, you know, when demand is high, the prices would, would, you know, reflect that as well. So just, you know, traveling on a, say a Tuesday in, I guess, January, the, the slow season typically for us. Um, and you booked, as you said, months in advance would be a, a little bit, you know, more affordable than booking a last minute ticket for, you know, say the Wednesday of Thanksgiving or even just Memorial Day, you know, past that, that would typically be a little bit more expensive. So on, on the website, you'd be able to learn, you know, where we, where we go, what time the schedule is, you know, what time the schedules are, how long it's going to take, where the stops are. Um, you know, some of the, I guess the, the, the key information about traveling, how many bags you can bring, um, what's what's required to board, which, as you mentioned, is, is, is basically the confirmation number you get when you um, book. Now, you, you kind of mentioned somebody can't, you know, walk up to the driver and buy a ticket, but our website, you know, is, is fully mobilized, and, and a lot of our traffic comes from the website, and you can, you can actually purchase a ticket up until five minutes prior to the bus leaving. So, you know, we do see quite a lot of folks buying very last-minute tickets, which I guess it's somewhat surprising to me that um, somebody might, you know, kind of on a whim take a, in some cases, an eight, nine, ten hour bus trip. But, you know, I guess some people live a little bit more spontaneously than, <laughs> than I, I might. Um, yeah, sure. But no, that, so that, that's a, the, the other option too is, is over the phone. Um, we have a, a dedicated um, call center, um, a lot of really, really great folks there, and, and they'd be more than happy to help anybody through the process, if they have questions, if they have concerns, answer those and, and get them booked over the phone sure. as well. So a couple different options to to purchase your tickets there. Yeah, thank you for the update. I, I, I think the first time I, I took Megabus, uh, well, probably been uh, 10 years, I guess. Uh, I don't know how long it, when it first began in Sacramento, maybe not quite 10 years, but uh, I didn't think about the mobile aspect of it. So that's interesting that somebody up until five minutes could go on the app on their phone. And so I wasn't aware of that, but so thanks for the update on that. I know that there are all kinds of stories about a mega bus. And I also on my first trip, I'll never forget. I was sitting across the aisle from these two um, young business women and they were, they were nicely dressed and they were, had their laptops and they had brought a cup of coffee on board and they were, they were wearing their uh, let's just say business attire, but they had tennis shoes on and, and it, it struck a chord with me, and I had a conversation with them, and they said that they both um, they were friends, and they and they lived in Sacramento, but they both worked in San Francisco, and they they were spending a lot of money on Amtrak uh, parking and the tickets, and they looked into Megabus, and they had booked 
um, their daily uh, tickets. Um, I'm just going to say a couple of months in advance. And they were saving an extraordinary amount of money um, by uh, getting some work done on the bus in their in their dress clothes, you know, bringing their tennis shoes so they could walk from where the bus dropped them off to wherever they were working and vice versa to have their tennis shoes on on the way back when it was comfortable. And I think that they were saving something like $40 a day uh, for, for their commuting purpose. And they had, they had yes, they had gone on months in advance and, and booked all of their time, which, which brings me to a rather you know, long-winded way of getting into this conversation. Some of the things that Megabus um, promotes is our $2 round trips, $5 round trips, uh, even $1 round trips. And I went on the other night and I thought, yes, I could go to San Francisco uh, tomorrow at 3 in the morning or 3.30 in the morning and get there at 5.30 in the morning, and it would have cost $1 each way. I don't really have a reason for going at that time of day, but it is available. And so some of those, the, the inexpensive seats, the least expensive seats go quickly, and then the prices go up. But I thought, boy, if I, was, if I needed to go to San Francisco on a regular basis, I would, I would save a bundle of money. Um, can you share a story about people who um, I use it as a, uh, a regular commute? You, can you get some good feedback? Um, or, or do you get good feedback from customers? Yeah, so we, we have some routes. You know, I guess I guess everybody has their limit, if that makes sense, where, yes. um, you know, we have routes like, say, the Bay Area down to L.A. I don't I don't think we have too many people doing a trip of that distance, that that duration on a on a regular basis, like a commute. But certainly Sacramento to, to San Francisco or, or even a New York to Philadelphia, something I think in that that two kind of two hours and change um, type area, we we definitely um, see some regular commuters, and, and as you mentioned, they they're very uh, I guess observant and very um, you know quick to pick up on on how the pricing works, and and as you mentioned, you know book their commutes months in advance and, and get some some really good fares. Um, I think one of the interesting things we we saw on the East Coast in, in Philadelphia years ago was we made. Um, kind of what, what kind of tuned us into it. We made some changes to the schedule in the early morning hours, and and it was you know nothing major. I think we we maybe pushed a a departure up, um, made it from say like a five thirty to a five twenty, um, and all of a sudden we got a, a bunch of emails coming into to customer service saying that hey, um, if that bus leaves at, tw- at five twenty, the commuter rail that gets me you know from the suburbs of Philadelphia into Philadelphia. Um, I'm going to, I can't, it gets us there at 525. I, I can't then get my bus to commute to New York. And it, it just really is surprising to us that not only was it a two hour, you know, just over two hour bus ride from Philly to New York that somebody was commuting on, but there's actually a, a 30 minute, um, you know, commuter rail trip as, uh, you know, as part of that as well. So, you know, all in all two and a half, almost three hours each way, four or five days a week. So it's, it's, there's definitely some, um, some of our shorter routes, obviously frequency plays into it, you know, shorter routes that have a lot of options in terms of time. Um, we definitely see some commuters, but, but that, you know, that, that's, that's probably not the biggest uh, segment of our customers, but, but they're out there. And, and we definitely, if we, if we make changes like one I just made, we, we certainly hear from them. And obviously we, we did what we had to do to, to put that back to make sure the, the connections worked. And uh, that was just one of the interesting ones that really kind of surprised us that, 
there are people out there commuting that far, but um, there certainly are. And, and, you know, where it makes sense, we, we certainly love to have them on board. I noticed also, thank you for that answer. I also noticed I went on and, and thought, well, if I uh, today, if I want or tomorrow, if I wanted to get on a mega bus and I had the, as you mentioned, I had the flexibility in my time and on a whim, I decided to go to Los Angeles and I could, I could pack uh, an overnight bag. And I think it was $69 uh, uh, each way from Sacramento to LA and um, of course, $69 back. So this is say for $140, I could go to uh, Los Angeles and, and back uh, with no driving, uh, no other uh, gasoline costs, no parking costs, which is extraordinary. Not putting my life at risk, uh, at least um, as drivers on Interstate Five in California know, it's can be it can be risky, and that's also in other parts of the country. So I was doing the math, and and it just seemed like a very reasonable time. Now that the excursion would take about I think ten or eleven hours, I could be a little off on that, but. I thought, what better work? What better way if you if you really wanted to catch up on some work or your sleep or or bring your iPad, whatever it might be? It, it for me, travel is great, so it isn't a bad way um, to travel that way. And I'm assuming that if you go from Sacramento or San Francisco to Los Angeles, there are a few stops, and you're allowed to get out and, and stretch your legs. <laughs> that's that's the case. Yeah. So there's 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 other there's stops along the way in places like Fresno and. And Bakersfield, where passengers get get off and on, and, and typically, where we have a, a kind of livestock like that, it's there's you know it's kind of there might be ten people getting off, ten people getting on, and, and that's that's typically it. But we we also schedule in for a longer distance route, a rest stop. Um, not you know not all that dissimilar if, if you were driving yourself, from the sense that it would be at a you know, usually a, a you know fast food type establishment at a rest area right off the highway, and and you know people would have a good thirty forty minutes to to get off the bus, gotcha. grab a snack, use the facilities, take a walk, whatever it is they want to do. But usually it gets a bit chaotic if um, you know as the driver is trying to help people get off, get their bags off, um, bring people on, get their bags on. Sometimes you know, unfortunately, we have people that kind of wander off, don't tell the driver. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the driver, you know, gets a phone call half an hour later saying, hey, somebody, somebody's back at that stop. So usually at the, the boarding alighting locations, we, we don't have um, that quote-unquote rest stop, but, but we certainly build those in. Um, we know everybody, including our drivers, um, you know, need to get out. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't drive for that long or sit in a seat for that long and not start to get uncomfortable. So a lot of thought and planning goes into where's the best place to, to have those from a, you know, what options are there for food, for facilities, and and then just making sure it's at the right time or the right part of the trip where it's not too early, not too late. It gets a bit difficult sometimes where you have stops like Bakersfield and, and Fresno in the middle. Um, you might get somebody who's getting on or off there that has a rest stop just before they get off or just after they get on. Um, but it's kind of aimed at the, you know, somebody doing, as you mentioned, the Sacramento all the way down to LA. We want to make sure their, their stop is, is there in the middle. Sure. Um, the business part of Megabus, and I think that there's a competitor. I was going to ask you if, if, if it's okay for you to address this. Is the other, is the competitor still in Sacramento? Was it called Flexbus? Is that still around? Do you know? Or I'm not, not, not yep, they, yep, they certainly are there. You know, in a lot of um, markets that that we serve, and um, there's there's you know 
lots of competition everywhere. And, and in fact, one of the things we talk about quite a bit is, in a way, the biggest the biggest competition we have. You kind of touched on it just before is the car, um, and we see folks, as you mentioned, parking fuel tolls in, in certain parts of the country. If that's applicable, it all adds up pretty quickly. Um, and we see that our customers really like the idea of it's easy, it's easy to book. It's also easy to get there. You don't have to do the driving. And, and especially for, you know, families with, with young children, um, you know, sometimes on a long road trip, it gets a bit tough to drive and um, entertain, if that's the right word. Yes. Uh, I know that with, with three young children, myself, my wife and I, you know, have done some road trips and <laughs> there's part of it it would have been, you know, much easier to, to, you know, just be able to focus on making sure the right movie's on and the headphones are on right and snacks are ready because, you know, it can get a, it can get a bit loud if, uh, if you don't manage that part of your trip right in the, in the car. So, um, I think the other thing a lot of folks, um, really like about buses is that it's a very environmentally friendly way to travel. When you look at the, um, stats on environmental impact per passenger, it's, it's the greenest way to go when you compare it to car, plane, train. Um, it's just, it's just a really, really environmentally friendly way to travel. Are there, are the mega buses all the same in terms of, what kind of buses they are, or do you have different different buses? There's different buses out there. Primarily, I think the biggest difference is in some places we use the 81 seat double decker, um, and in other places we have a you know somewhere around 55 seat single deck. And similar to, I guess, similar to an airline that you know they might have a a 737 or a smaller jet on on some flights, and then. A, I guess they don't have too many 747s around these days, but you know, a bigger jet on other flights, we 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 kind of move things around to make sure we have the bigger vehicles scheduled where they're they're needed most. Sure. Um, in terms of the the, the pickup uh, locations, of course, I can only reference Sacramento, but in other areas, uh, in San Francisco, for example, are these? Um, I guess that maybe the best way to say it is: that Do you have to coordinate it with? Um, local governmental agencies or is it a contract how um not being too uh i'm not trying to be too aggressive here but the area in sacramento as i mentioned has changed three or four times can you um give me some update on on why that's occurred and uh, how it all works sure so it's it's a little you know we're we're, we're in probably about 600 cities right now and and each city might might take things on a little bit differently. Um, I guess one end of the spectrum would be a place like say Washington DC where, you know, all buses, all intercity carriers have to be in, in union station, the big train and, and intermodal bus facility. Um, other places, you know, we, we have, you know, curbside locations in a city like New York city, which is the, the biggest, um, most frequent city that, that we have on our, on our map. So, you know, long story short, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, we have a gentleman who does a fantastic job knowing the nuances in, in each of these um, cities and, and finding the, the right location. So sometimes when a, a stop changes, it might be because um, there's construction. Um, you know, wherever we were, you know, something's being built. We can't be there anymore. Um, but a lot of times it's also, you know, once we understand in each city who our customers are and, and where they're physically located, you know, sometimes we might be, the stop might be on the Northeast side of town and then, you know, everybody's coming from the Southwest. 
Um, so we want to get a little bit closer and just, just make it easier. Local transit connections play a big part too. The, the first mile, last mile, how can, how can we make it easier for people to get to or, or from the stop? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, we could, we could certainly spend a ton of time going through all the different scenarios out there, but I hope that gives a, a bit of a flavor that there's, there's quite a lot of difference. And, um, you know, some places we're on private property at a mall. Um, some places we're in the, the, intermodal facilities, some places it's curbside, um, but everywhere we are, we want to make sure we're a good neighbor and, and we're not only adding value to our customers, but making sure that the businesses or the residences or whoever it is that we're, you know, sharing the physical location with or, or you know, the proximity um, to that, that we're not having ad- any adverse impacts on, on what they're trying to do as well. And to be honest, I think most businesses especially if you're, you know, a fast food convenience store, any type of food, you know, they actually love the idea of, um, you know, somebody who's been on a bus for 10 hours and might be feeling a little bit hungry, um, getting dropped off around the corner and and seeing their establishment and, and, you know, a lot of places uh, see quite a nice uplift with, with people getting off the bus looking for a bite to eat. Great. I I think uh, I would be remiss in not, uh, emphasizing that the website, the, the Megabus website, is it, it's megabus.com, I believe. Correct. And yep. it, it explains everything in terms of what you can carry, uh, you know, personal items, luggage, so forth, the, the restroom availability, uh, what you can and can't bring on uh, the bus. Uh, and I'm, I'm not, I don't know if it's every seat or a select number of seats have uh, Wi-Fi outlets so you can use a laptop or a personal device. Uh, I, are those all, was what I said all accurate? So they, most, most if not all have electric outlets. Um, Wi-Fi is actually not offered on, on most of the trips. Um, at this time, it's, it's actually something we've seen the need, um, kind of diminish with unlimited data plans and being able to download movies onto devices for, um, you know, from services like Netflix or Amazon Prime or, sure. or things like that. So, um, but we certainly have outlets to make sure the, um, whatever device that it is that you're using to watch that show or movie or, or whatever maybe is, is charged. But yeah. I guess hotspot people have personal hotspots. I, I, yep. I people use those as well. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. That's, that's good. Um, Let's see. What else was I going to? Oh, I was going to ask. Uh, that is is Megabus and the other competitors. I mean, I don't know how much you can say or not say. It's it's, it's subsidized um, by agencies, or how does the business of Megabus work? So for the you know there there are areas out there. Um, there are different things that there are you know potentially subsidies, but but for the most part. Uh, not not knowing how the the competitors work, but speaking for for our business here, sure. most of it is you know our it's it, most of it is unsubsidized. Probably the easiest way to put it. So certainly, as we we look at California, we see that as being something that without aid, without assistance, um, you know, there's 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 a business, um, a sustainable business to be had. And yeah, we uh, we rely on our brand, our, our technology, and you know, a really offering a really high quality service that, um, you know, somebody might try for a dollar the first time and realize that even, as you mentioned, the, the, the $69 fare from Sacramento to LA, well, that's actually still a really good value. It's not as eye catching or, or, you know, as, as flashy as, as the $1 or even like a five or a $10 fare, but it's still compared to other options, 
a pretty good deal. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So yeah. Um, I, I cover a couple of no alcohol, of course, on board. I remember a, a bus driver years ago, and I don't know why this stuck in my mind, but he reminded people in a professional way. And then he said something. This is a paraphrase. Um, if we find out that somebody has alcohol in their thermos or whatever it might be, they'll be walking to their destination. And there were quite a few, there was a quite a bit of laughter at that. I thought he handled it handled it pretty well. Um, in terms of luggage, what what can a what can a customer bring on? So a customer can bring one one bag, um, your typical kind of airline size. Uh, I believe it's up to sixty two inches when you combine the length width. And height of the bag, yes. Um, no more than than fifty pounds, and and you can bring. So that that's what would be stowed underneath the vehicle, yes, um, or in the luggage compartment, and then you can bring, you know, a, a typical carry on, um, a bag, something that can can fit under the seat in front of you. So not, it's 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 not what I guess folks might be used to with a a roller bag, like the carry on you might see on an airplane, but more like a backpack um, or a bigger purse. Yes. Something of that size, um, so you can fit it in the the seat in front of you. And we, you know, we we allow one one stowed bag, one carry on per ticket. Um, just a, you know, funny story. We had a gentleman years ago show up um, at our stop, I believe, in Austin, Texas, with with twenty five bags. And the the ops guys got you know a bit, a bit confused and a bit kind of. You know, you can't do that, right? And he's like, well, actually, I read your terms and conditions, and I'm, I'm moving to Dallas, and um, I bought 25 tickets, so I can bring 25 bags, because that was cheaper than hiring a moving van. Um, <laughs> and he was certainly within the, the terms and conditions and, and did everything right, and we gladly welcomed him on, and it was quite an ingenious way to, to move. Yeah, it was, that's very clever on his part, and I'm, uh, that's, a good, that's a good anecdote. Um, how about uh, what kind of um, beverages, if any? Uh, I'm sure you, people can bring on water if they choose to, or can you bring on your own yeah. food? Or what? What are the think, restrictions of that area? I think in terms of beverages, it's pretty much anything other than than alcohol. So, water, um, you know, whatever, uh, you know, coffee, food. You know, we we don't really have any restrictions. I think the one thing we ask is that people are mindful of certain foods that might have an, an odor. Um, sure. Maybe not. You know, uh, egg salad or <laughs> uh, <laughs> well you know, said. something. Well Maybe said. Fish is probably not the best the best bet for um, being on. So yeah, there, there's there's really no restrictions. We just ask that folks are are mindful that they're not, um, you know, detracting from the the experience from from the persons or the people sitting near them. Sure. Along the lines of uh, Colin, along the lines of anecdotes or fun stories. Have there been occasions where someone's taken, uh, let's just say, west to east or east to west acro- across the United States, or you guys are also involved in Canada under a different name, uh, Coach Canada or Canada Coach, I've forgotten now. But um, have people um, let you know about their experience going across country if, if it has occurred? Yeah, we've we've certainly seen that. Um, one one gentleman, he, actually, he was actually a scheduler for us, and he was originally from Scotland, and um, at the time, we were all, our, our our parent company, the company that owned us, was based in Scotland. So he was over here, um, you know, working. And and whenever he got vacation, he he basically took the bus um, and went all over the country. I think the longest trip he did was from was New York to DC, DC to Atlanta, Atlanta to New Orleans, New Orleans to Houston, Houston to Dallas, and then made his way back. Wow. Um, so we've we've certainly seen some of that. We've actually even had. 
uh, maybe not the the distance, but we we ran a contest um, probably about six seven years ago, and we had a couple thousand. The contest started on Valentine's Day, and it was you know basically tell us your story, and um, we'll select the best one, and you can have a a wedding on a mega bus. And, and sure enough, there was a couple. I believe he was he was in New York, she was in Toronto, or, or maybe the other way around. They actually met on the bus, um, and six or seven years ago, they got they got married on on a mega bus. So there's certainly lots of folks that, um, you know, look at mega bus as, you know, in this case where they got married or, or where they met their partner or, um, a lot of, I think there's a lot of, uh, around Valentine's day. We, we, when we do contests, we hear a lot of long distance relationships, um, that are, that are held intact, um, by, by good value bus tickets to get, you know, each, each side to, to where the other one lives on a regular basis. Sure. So lots of, uh, lots of interesting stories along those lines as well. I could see, uh, uh, if I was uh, clever enough to be that kind of, uh, journalist, I could see somebody, somebody writing a wonderful, uh, screenplay or a movie or a, a some sort of, a uh, fun, uh, couples, um, documentary or something about, you know, meeting on a, meeting on a bus. Maybe it's been done in other ways, but, uh, uh, that would be Absolutely. fun. If you know, get the right people to play the parts, it would be it would it would be quite fun. I think to have a, a movie about that. Um, before we go, Colin, are there some areas uh, that I have uh, forgotten to ask about that you would like to stress? Uh, you, you work for the company, so what uh, you know, for lack of a better way of saying this, put your best foot forward. What what should I be aware of, or what should our listeners be aware of that that we haven't covered about Megabus? What would you like to say about it? So I think I think one um, one quick point on the information or what you can find on the website. So when you're on the website at, at the top, there's a there's a menu option called Explore, and if you click on that, there's another one called Fairfinder, and and what that allows you to do is, is say where you are. Um, so in this example, so it would be say Sacramento. I'll ask you another couple questions about when you might think about traveling, and and basically what it does is without you saying where you want to go, it just returns whatever the, the most affordable options are. So we see a lot of folks like that. They have an open mind. Um, they don't necessarily know where they want to go, but they want to be able to find, you know, where can I get to at a really good price? And I'll, I'll, I'll make my plans off of that. Certainly, you know, I guess some of the demographics like college students or, or others that, that might not have a whole lot of, of money or, you know, a big budget for a, a big, you know, expensive trip. They they really like the idea of here's where I am, here's where when I'm thinking about traveling. Tell me what the best options are. So that's a that's a really interesting one. And yeah. I think we've covered these three points, but I think the you know bus in general, it's 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 a really good value. Um, it's also easy as we've we've touched on, and it's also very green, environmentally friendly way to get around. So with the I guess the the cost of living increases fuel prices, parking, all of that. We think it's a really good way to to let folks get get back out there, get traveling again after the last few years that, that we went through um, as a, I guess, society with, with the pandemic and everything that happened there. But um, now's really the time to, to take advantage of what we think is a really great mode of travel um, to get out there and explore I in, think- in a way that's easy affordable and green. I think you mentioned young people, college, college students, and I'll, I'll go not quite to the other extreme, but I used to, I, to get, to get in a car and drive somewhere, 
uh, even long distance across several states. I would just thrive on that. I loved it. Uh, and now as I've gotten older, I'm a senior and I, um, I don't like it as much. And so the idea yep. of getting on a bus or another public transportation option option um, is, is fantastic to me. And if I can avoid a, a five-hour car trip, unless it's to a certain place, um, then I would I would take the option of a, a, a mega bus too, other than, you know, if I was really crunched for time, that might be, you know, involve an airplane. But you, your points are very well made. And, and um, I, I'm thinking about the, I, I love the idea. I'm just going to go and find a, a fair finder and either by myself or with my wife or a, a friend, just say, hey, let's go look and see where we can go today. <laughs> we haven't been there yep. before. Let's go on a mega bus and go to wherever it might be. That's a That's a really fun idea. Absolutely. So, we, we know uh, lots of folks love that, and it's kind of uh, uh, anybody has the, the lucky spirit in them or, or you know, just, just hit a button and, and kind of have the the Magmus website tell you where to go next. I guess right. some people like leaving it up to chance like that. That's right. Hey, Colin, this is a, it's a good time to break. Um, I want to thank uh, Colin Emberson, uh, the vice president of commercial for Megabus and uh, I know I won't be taking it a lot, but I will be taking it some. I can't wait to go to, you know, San Francisco or some or Lake Tahoe area, or wherever it might be, even farther, uh, you know, in the in the near future. So, Colin, thanks a lot for for being our guest uh, on the Weekly Driver Podcast. To remind everybody to check out uh, megabus.com and figure out where you want to go and and to look at all the good fares that that are out there. So, Colin, thanks a bunch. Thank you, and we, we uh, certainly look forward to seeing you on board soon. Thanks. Thanks, man. Take care now.